Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartz. Happy Week 18. We got some injuries to talk about. And by we, I mean myself, Dwayne McFarlane and Andrew Erickson, PFF's finest. Guys, how's it going? Andrew, you can say something first. Um, I'm feeling great today. I think that this this is going to be like one of the best podcasts I think we ever did or ever done wow. in, in 2022. I think this is going to be really good. I'm excited to talk about these injuries. Week 18, it's last, last hurrah. So I'm glad to have everyone, everyone on board. Great day to be great. Andrew, you're exemplifying that very attitude here on like the 409th edition of this podcast. Going to be the best. Why the hell not? Dwayne, similar energy, I hope. Yeah, similar similar energy. I mean, I feel like a lot of pressure now because of Andrew, but, you know, I always, try, I, I always try to bring it in, you know, and sometimes, you know, when I'm, you know, podcasting with you, it's hard to seem as energetic as Ian, like, because you're like always like up here. So well, I'll try. I'll try. I'll do my best. How about that's, that? That's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. So everyone, usually we just go straight into injuries, but I do want to quickly go through some incentives that players have and also some teams that will more or less be taking the week off. So we've now referenced these incentives on multiple podcasts. And this will be the third, but I do think they're important enough to once again go over. Again, special shout out to Anthony Amico for being a freaking god in the fantasy industry and rounding these all up together. You should follow him on Twitter at A-M-I-C-S-T-A. I'm Amixta. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? My name is pretty freaking hard to say, too. So no, that's his Twitter. Go follow him. Anyway, with these incentives, Cooper Cup needs 12 catches, 136 receiving yards for single season records, 171 yards away to get to two grand. Tom Brady will get an extra 500K for being top five in passer rating, touchdown passes, pass yards, completion rate, or yards per attempt. Also, 488 passing yards from a single season record, fully expecting Brady and company to be throwing the ball as much as possible. Dwayne, are you trying to make as much noise as possible? Like, is that I your am, goal? I'm sorry. Right I was trying, I was trying to turn off my space heater because it was making noise. And then I Wait, you have my, a space chair, heater my, too? my chair just made way more noise. Yeah, dude, like this room gets super cold. Or something. So, I uh, love my space heater. Now that we've already lost the chance to be the best podcast episode ever, I guess <laughs> oh, we'll just continue well, to move. At least on. we just got it out of the way. Now yeah, we that's can true. Just <laughs> Aaron Rodgers gets an extra 100K for being top three in passer rating, completion rate, interception rate, yards per attempt, and touchdown passes. He is going to start, but I do think it'll be tough to expect him to play in more than 30 minutes at max. Stefan Diggs can get an extra 1.5 million added to his base contract over the next two years if he can get to 100 catches and 1,375 receiving yards. Needs six catches and 231 yards to get there. Biggest issue for him might just be that Buffalo wind. I think probably the two most actionable ones from this group, Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans. Evans is just 54 receiving yards away from 1,000. Gronk gets 500K each for 55 catches, 750 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. He needs seven catches, 85 yards, and three touchdowns to get there. It does look like DeMar Chase might be active to start. He's only 12 yards away from the Bengals' single-season record, 45 yards away from the most ever by a rookie, but not expecting him to be out there enough to be a realistic DFS target. Mark Andrews, 141 receiving yards away from Kelsey's record for tight ends. Jonathan Taylor, 266 rushing yards away from 2,000 on the ground. Kyle Pitts, 59 receiving yards away from Mike Ditka's rookie tight end record. I won't do my usual rant on that to save some time. Sexy Rexy Burkhead, thanks for adding that note in there. Andrew, 103 scrimmage yards away from getting 125K. Needs 650, needs 650 yards to get there. Is that what you're trying scrimmage to say? Yards. <laughs> scrimmage yards. Scrimmage yards. 150 scrimmage yards, yeah. He needs oh, okay. He needs six. There. He needs six fifty total on the year. Yeah, no, he needs six hundred fifty in week eighteen. 
My goodness. Worst podcast ever coming to you today, everyone. AJ Green is 75 yards away from 250K, reaching a season-long total of 900 yards. Dwayne, are you with me? Where just in terms of looking at this, you know, actionable, what are we making of this in DFS? I want to stack Brady with Gronk and Evans in every tournament lineup I have. Yeah, I mean, I want to use him for sure. It won't be all of my lineups, but I've already built like six lineups. You know, I usually try to have 20, like for the weekend. And I think five of them have Brady in it. So I've definitely been tinkering with, uh, like Evans has me the most excited just because, you know, the potential, you know, target funnel that he just hasn't seen all season. We know that Gronk can get there, but I'm, the only thing I don't like is on DK. It's like, I wish Evans would have come down, you know, some more from where he was to start the season. He's still sitting at 7,100. So it's not like he's super cheap, but yeah, anytime you could get a Mike Evans with potentially 25, 30% target share from the goat, like let's get it done. Andrew, any of these other ones stick out to you, especially other than the Buccaneers? I know they came in, I, I believe as our favorite stack of the week, if not, you know, certainly up there. Yeah. I mean, I think the Diggs one is still like strongly playing. I know that the weather is a concern, but I mean, if he still gets the receptions, like he can still score touchdowns and look, man, like you, you sometimes want to bet on players overcoming some circumstances. So again, you can always change your mind whenever we actually get the weather, like what's actually happening. Or you can late swap to Stephon Diggs. They play in the late window, so if you need to catch the field, no one's playing Diggs, no one's playing Josh Allen because, oh, the weather, it's like you know, there are a lot of ways where they still find a way to to get it done. So I still think that Diggs is still a, a great tournament play. And then the only other thing I'll also mention, so Waddle you didn't mention either. Like He's also on pace to break over 100 uh, receptions. He should be able to break Anquan Bolden's record for most receptions by a rookie. He only needs three. And... The Patriots slot cornerback Miles Bryant was just placed on the COVID list. So Waddle should definitely I mean, what else are the Dolphins playing for? Like just get him the record. Like get like get put a get him a record that no one else can break. You know, get him 110 catches or something as a rookie. So uh, I think that's something that's worth uh noting as well. I do like Waddle in tournaments. You got like a Monra St. Brown, uh Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks in that area that I think are gonna fetch a little bit more ownership. So yeah, you know, Andrew, we always say in DFS pod, like you better have a pretty good reason to fade a running back that's looking at 20 touches during any given week. I think the same thing can be said for these wide receivers that have that double digit target ceiling, particularly Waddle this week with some of those record-breaking potential outcomes like you mentioned. Quickly, uh, Dwayne and I on the preview pod for the week really went through each of these game by game, but the main kind of situations to keep an eye on in terms of starters not playing, it would make sense that the Eagles heavily rest their starters, particularly after, you know, about what COVID has removed a lot of their key skill position players. So not expecting potential full games out of that group. I know it's not in the main slate, but just something to keep in mind. Same is true for the Packers. Yes, it looks like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to be out there. Adams needs like 12 yards himself to just reach a pretty easy milestone. So I think we do see them out there, maybe for the first half, not expecting too much more. I uh, need to keep an eye on the Cowboys. It does seem more likely than not that they're going to go out there trying to win this game because they don't know the Rams and Buccaneers outcomes. They can climb as high as number two, but I think we've already kind of seen where guys like Tony Pollard, Trayvon Diggs, uh, maybe they're not feeling 100%. They're just going to be rested accordingly. Uh, Buccaneers, similar reasons as the Cowboys. They can get as high as the number two, and Bruce Arians is insisting that the Stars are going to be out there. Um, I, I'm more confident in the Buccaneers than any of these other teams we've talked about continuing to keep their foot 
on the pedal. They did that last year in week 17. And finally, Bengals should be resting their starters for the majority of this one. Joe Burrow even jokingly texted uh, Brandon Allen earlier in the week, tag your in to let him know that he would be the starting quarterback. So other than Jamar Chase coming in early and getting that record, I'm not expecting much from these guys. Dwayne, any other big notes on this? I know you did a great job uh, really breaking these down for each matchup. No, the Cowboys situation is I'm a little less, you know, bullish on than I was early in the week, just because now they've got so many guys that are already out and you've got Tyron Smith out with COVID. You got Michael Parsons out with COVID like at some point, And if the Eagles don't play their starters, like I think you'll see the starters for the Cowboys for some period, but I'm more and more starting to lean into, we probably see them get pulled at some point. Moving right along now to these injuries. Quarterback position, Lamar Jackson has been ruled out with an ankle, which means Tyler Huntley will be starting once again under center against the Steelers. We got Justin Fields recovering enough from his ankle, but not so fast, my friend. He is back on the COVID list. So once again, we have Andy Dalton. Will not be Baker Mayfield under center for the Browns. He is undergoing labrum labrum surgery. So expect to see Case Keenum out there for the Giants. Daniel Jones is on IR. Mike Glennon's out with a wrist injury. Jake from season, as everyone has been hoping to see, you know, I'm being sarcastic. I'm just trying to have fun here, everyone. Jared Goff considered probable with a knee injury. Good to see him back in action. It does seem like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to give it a go with this right thumb injury. Uh, interesting note from Dr. Jeff Mueller at JM Thrive PT on Twitter, where basically he posted a video of Jimmy throwing the ball and said, I think Jimmy's going to give it a go this week. And someone asked, like, is it even possible to have a fully torn UCL heal this quickly? And Jeff said, no, I don't expect him to play well, but he probably will be out there trying to get give it a go something to keep an eye on there also a note Kirk Cousins activated from the COVID list Drew Locke will be starting again with Teddy Bridgewater um, on the IR with the concussion and Jalen Hurts still kind of limited in practice with that ankle injury but is expected to be out there so a lot of notes here guys I don't think that you know any of these backup quarterbacks are necessarily guys we're lining up to play but you know Andrew for example if we have a banged up Jimmy Garoppolo out there I do think that makes someone like Elijah Mitchell even more enticing than they already were because again this dude has ligaments in his thumb that aren't attached right now like we aren't doctors here but that doesn't sound great when your goal is to throw the football yeah no I still think Elijah Mitchell is still just a really good play you know he's seeing over 22 carries per game in all the games that he's played over his last four I know it's a tough matchup against the Rams defense but we see this teams all the time when you're just one of a unique team that has this overpowering rushing attack like you know like the Eagles for example whenever the Eagles play someone they just run the ball it doesn't matter who they're playing because their offensive attack is so strong and that's honestly how I view the 49ers so I'm not concerned about Mitchell in the matchup and even if it gets a tough defensive line so yeah I mean like we just don't know like it's really tough to pick with between the receivers like is it Kittle is it Debo week is it Ayuk Ayuk had the highest target share last week with Trey Lance so that probably won't be the same with Garoppolo under center probably still have confidence in Debo and then Kittle has either no 30 points or five fantasy points so yeah I still think Elijah Mitchell is still the guy that I probably want the most from the 49ers Dwayne with Baker out no, would make sense if they want to run the ball a little more. I know we could argue maybe it's an upgrade to Case Keenum and all that, but we do have Dearness Johnson sideline. Kareem Hunt is questionable with an ankle injury. I know earlier in the week, you know, I wasn't quite as bullish on Nick Chubb maybe exploding in this spot as you were. He is going to be facing, though, some Cincy backups. And hey, man, they got to give the ball to someone. Why not Nick Chubb this week? Yeah, and I think we got to keep an eye on Chubb. Like, I know he's been limited in the first. No uh, status. He's good. 
Okay, excellent. Yeah. So what about Hunt? Do we have the latest? Hunt's on, questionable. On Hunt? He did not practice in full all week. Okay, cool. So Hunt limited all week. He does have like a $140,000 game incentive, like per game play, something like that, which I know he's already missed several of those. Um, but if you do get a situation where it is Chubb and you don't have Hunt, obviously, yeah, I mean, we're going we're gonna to roll with Nick Chubb against a bunch of backups. We should also have most of the starting offensive line back for Cleveland, which they, you know, they haven't had, you know, in I don't know how many weeks, probably four or five weeks. So, and it's one of the best offensive lines in the league. And I mean, if you look at, at the Browns, like, and you adjust just really for how bad they've been and you look at their run expectation, whether it's leading close uh, trailing scripts, they're still one of the top teams. Yeah. They aren't as high as they were early in the season. They've started to throw the ball a little bit more over these last few games for some weird reason, like even in neutral scripts, um, but overall for the season, they rank seventh, right. And their pass versus run splits. They run the ball 42% of the time and they're still above the league average um, in all scenarios. Last quarterback note I wanted to quickly hit on again with Jared Goff back in action. I mean, it's good that Monroe St. Brown proved he could put up numbers with Tim Boyle under center, but it's got to be considered a positive having Goff back out there against some Packers backups. Both of you guys have Monroe St. Brown ranked as your wide receiver 10 on the week. Uh, you know, when Andrew and I were going through our cash game build on our DFS pod, we talked about trying to get down to Ray Ray McLeod to save some money to get up to Cooper Cup. Unfortunately, the Fortunately for Deontay Johnson, he's back. Unfortunately for our cash game build, you know, <laughs> we can no longer trust Fox McLeod out there. But with that in mind, I do think it's viable to go down from Cooper Cup to Amon Ross St. Brown um, and just save a little money there to still get a wide receiver one. I guess the question, guys, is, and this will kind of move us on to running back, because DeAndre Swift is back again this week and playing, and he says his role's not going to be that different. You know, looking at your guys' rankings, Andrew, you're a little more confident in Swift potentially returning to something close to his early season form. Dwayne, not so much. So, guys, like, what do we think here? Because he says his role isn't going to change. He played over half the offensive snaps, and he only had six touches. If we redo that game ten times, I would imagine he has more touches. Dwayne, is this a situation where, like, it's week 18, should we really expect him to get more work? Or with Goff coming back, could that maybe be a bit of a signal that, like, hey, they're still out there trying to win and put up as many points as possible? Honestly, it's just really more about, like, the utilization they showed us and that they've really shown us all season. Um, they want Swift to be the passing down back. So I do think it's possible that he catches more passes, but Jamal Williams has been the early down back whenever they're in close games or whenever they're leading, which has been very rare for the Lions all season. And they seemed a little more committed last week to even letting him do that when behind, which is probably something to do with Swift's injury. But also let's just remember like Swift hasn't been good on the ground. Like he's really only been good in the passing game, like from a PFF rushing grade standpoint. So I think it's just a situation where it, it kind of is what it is. So, I mean, if you want to make him a low end RB2, I think that's fine. But I think you're still looking at a three-way committee. That's the other problem. Last week, it wasn't just Jamal Williams and Swift. You also still had Craig Reynolds, not a ton of carries, but enough to be a nuisance whenever this is just not a good offense. Definitely someone that we're, you know, not overly trusting. But Andrew Swift, you look at his kind of placement on the DraftKings scale, just $100 cheaper than Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle, Elijah Mitchell, a little bit more expensive than Gibson, Deontay Foreman. He is setting up just based on that price point where, again, if we can even get 12 to 15 touches, could be a nice, you know, contrarian tournament target based on the leverage you get. Yeah, I still think though, and actually like with my rankings of him, so on the, I haven't updated my ones on the site yet, so I actually have lowered him you know okay. significantly from where it was there so i think i'm more in line with Dwayne about because just like reading that report about how you know he said his role wasn't going to change that much you know they said they were going to cut him loose six touches really cutting him loose dan campbell <laughs> he absolutely 
don't love to see it. But the thing with Swift is, yeah, he had ran all the routes, which is good to see. And okay, with Jared Goff in our center, okay, we could see him get more targets. But like Dwayne mentioned, there's other running backs that are getting touches. Like this is a game where the Lions could be playing with elite. Like you can't rule that out. And that's not good for Swift. Like yeah. he wasn't seeing the goal line touches. It's also, you know, Dan Campbell also seems like the guy that, you know, this is a, you know, revenge game for Jamal Williams, you know, against his old team. It seems like Dan Campbell would be like, yo, Jamal, like, go rush for X amount of yards against your old team. Like, Ooh, go score the touchdown. Revenge game. Yeah. So, again, I, I think that, I mean, look, it's the Lions, and there's just so many other good running back plays. And it's like, you know, Elijah Mitchell is going to be under roster as well. So I'll just, I'd rather just play him as, like, my contrarian running back. Like, at running back, a lot of times, too, you don't have to get, like, super weird just because – Everyone knows like who's getting the volume. And right now, Mitchell's clearly getting the volume and he's going to be lower owned as well. So I think I'd rather just play him instead of Swift. Moving on to some more running backs. We already talked about the Brown situation a little bit, but Nick Chubb does not have an injury designation with the chest and ribs issue. Kareem Hunt is listed as questionable with the ankle. Darren Johnson remains on the COVID list. We do have another running back on the COVID list, Joe Mixon. He's out. Dwayne. Where do we think Samaj Piran falls in terms of like, for example, with the Packers, we don't expect AJ Dillon to be playing, even though he's a backup running back, he's going to be treated like a starter most likely and not be out there. Do you think Piran could be like that? And maybe we see a ton of Chris Evans, or could we actually just see Piran really handle a workhorse role here with the rest of the Bengals backups? Yeah, the problem for me with, with Piran, I think it could be either of those things. I think they're both within the range of outcomes. I think we could see him get treated more like an A.J. Dillon. Look, I mean, he has been handling the passing down work for multiple weeks now, so he's been an active part, right, of their game plan. It's not like he's just a backup to Joe Mixon. So I think knowing that, that there's probably some rest in store for Piran. However, I would say early in the game, we might see him get a little bit more run. The problem is, like, how many of the offensive linemen will be missing? We don't know. You're not going to have Joe Burrow under center. You may not have T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd out there at all. You could see Jamar Chase early in the game like you talked about. So it's like, really, what does Cleveland have to worry about? It's not like Samaji P. Rounds is really the special player. Yeah. I really think that Evans could get a lot more run, especially in the second half. So it's just enough that I'm – I've got him in the low 20s, and I may even move him down a little bit more than that. Um, just And the other thing, he's just not a big play guy, Ian. So it's not like something where I think, well, even if he just came through with 15 touches, maybe we you know get a touchdown or two out of him because he breaks a long one. He just doesn't have that type of, of skill set. So it's not, a, it's not a player that I'm super excited about using this weekend, despite the fact that he's most likely going to see more touches than what we're used to. Josh Jacobs has been limited throughout the week with a rib injury, but we are tentatively expecting him to tough that one out. You know, we'll just see if the Chargers and uh, Raiders are actually going to be playing football or just needing one play after another. I am rooting so hard for that to be the case. I've never wanted to watch just one kneel down after another more than I want to this Sunday night. Mark Ingram is listed as questionable. He's been limited throughout this week. He missed the game last week. That led to Kamara getting a juicy 78% snap rate, cleared 100 yards, and found the end zone. We do have time. Montgomery good to go with the back but just keep in mind you know tournaments if you are feeling feeling frisky and you're going to go ahead and fade uh, Jonathan Taylor up there over 9k Alvin Kamara with no Mark Ingram becomes a lot more enticing somewhat of a surprise here Chase Edmonds has been ruled out after not managing practice this week with a rib and toe injury James Conner I'm sure if you ask Clint Kingsbury he'll be listed as a game time decision uh, with this heel injury but Andrew, how high up do you think you're comfortable putting Connor in here? Because we know he's not at 100%, but at the same time, man, we saw him without Edmonds this year, and the dude was absolutely crushing it as a rusher and a receiver. Cardinals have every, you know, just intention seemingly of going out there to win this game. Is James Connor someone that you're going to be trying to cram into that top 12? 
I don't think so. No, because we look at the way that the Seahawks get attacked on the ground. It's it's through the air. And we saw James Conner do this a couple of weeks ago. Like he was just peppered with targets from the quarterback play from Kyler Murray. So I just I, get, I have concerns about James Conner and his his health status. Like, I just don't know if he's healthy. And Cliff Kingsbury kind of said as much. He's like, yeah, like we're not going to push Chase Edmonds and James Conner if they're not healthy. And clearly Edmonds wasn't healthy. I mean, you just watching that, rewatching that game, like every play he was like grabbing his, you know, his ribs. Like he was like just playing through the pain last week. So Connor, again, we went through this with Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Like they just don't play guys unless they're like, like good to go. And, you know, you could see more, you know, Benjamin potentially working in, in the passing game instead of for James Connor. So I'm more lukewarm on Connor. Dwayne, you had Chase Edmonds as your RB nine before he got ruled out. How low do you expect uh, to be moving James Connor in his place? Um, I'll probably move Connor to like that high end RB three range. I'm I'm with Andrew. I'm I'm just worried. Like, what workload can he really handle? You know, um, we saw him get an unlimited practice last Friday and still ended up you know not being able to play. And every it's, it's tough with the Cardinals because everything's a game time decision, right? <laughs> whether a player is full practice all week or whether you know they DNP all week doesn't matter. It's a game time decision. Um, so we don't have enough information really, but I think the, the best thing I can you know look towards is he's had to miss the last two games. We know that he's still been limited in some fashion. So I am a little bit worried um, about Connor this week and potential re-injury. But I think, you know, low end RB2, high end RB3, somewhere in that range. There's also like the concern with, you know, his, because his, his profile is he, you know, gets a lot of touchdowns. He gets rushing attempts at the end of games. And the way that this, you know what the Cardinals are playing for, like you guys have talked about, is like they need to win. They need the Rams to lose. So, and those games are at the same time. So if they, you know, do some scoreboard watching, like, oh man, like the Rams are like up massively on the four nine trail, yeah. it's thrown like three pick sixes. Like, <laughs> get James Conner out of there. Like, we don't need him to play. Um, so that's like another concern that you have. Damon Harris listed as questionable with the hamstring. Of course he is. This happens every single week. He was limited throughout the week in practice, expecting him to play through the pain. But as we saw last week, you know, they got up a lot and they were more than willing to just turn over the game to Ramondre Stevenson, not risk anything else. So Harris and Stevenson, you know, always would have a higher floor if Brandon Bolden wasn't involved. But when they're together, uh, you know, certainly on that, you know, Touchdown dependent RB3, borderline RB2, whatever you want to call them, wavelength. Michael Carter has been progressing through the concussion protocol, was listed as full on Thursday. We are expecting him to be out there. The Jets also did activate Tevin Coleman from the COVID list. So, guys, I feel like I'm lower on Michael Carter than you. I'm not, like, completely out on the dude. But, hey, you know what? You guys both have him as a top 20 running back. I think him as a more, I think of him more as a, an RB3 type because – I know we don't like it, but Tevin Coleman seems to go in there and take about half the touches during any given week, and Zach Wilson doesn't check down. Dwayne, is part of this just because of the other injuries going on because there is no longer a Braxton Berrios? There's not going to be an Elijah Moore coming back, or do you just think Carter has enough control of this backfield where it doesn't matter? Um, I think he has enough control. I think it was slowly moving away from Tevin Coleman. We were seeing Tevin Coleman – you know, get out there for 20 to 30% of the snaps, but he would get like 40% of the rushing attempts. So it's at least half of the rushing attempts, right? Going to Carter, he's getting all of the passing down work, which is, it's kind of enough, right? That's really what a low end RB2 looks like. Someone's getting half of that lead work. And as long as they're still involved in the passing game, right? The opposite is you need a back that maybe isn't involved in the passing game, but it's getting, you know, 60, 70% of the rushing attempt. So I think he's getting enough work just to be considered as a low end RB2. And also it's just that the bill's running, 
you know, defense just it's not as scary as it was earlier in the season. Like they've really struggled down the stretch and they've given up quite a few rushing attempts. Now I expect the Bills to lead, so I expect the Jets to have to be throwing. But the other part that I think you mentioned that is a positive is with no one else to throw to. I mean, no Barrios. We're not going to get Elijah Moore back this week. Um, Keelan Cole, like it's not even worth targeting Keelan Cole. Like I was kind of hoping he might be something this year. He's a guy that I had liked in the past a little bit, but he just hasn't been able to come through. So I just don't. And, and you know, Denzel Mims, what has he done? So I just don't. I guess it's Crowder and it's going to be Carter. Like to me, if Crowder can play, I haven't seen what his. I know he was trending towards playing as of yesterday. So I feel like there's really only two guys. So whether you know Zach Wilson wants to dump it down or not, I think he's going to have to. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very fair point. Another uh, running back that should be seeing plenty of targets: Daryl Boylan's with Clyde Edwards-Helaire ruled out once again with a shoulder injury. Andrew, the only running backs you have ranked ahead of Daryl Williams. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Dave Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and Nick Chubb. I mean, in this matchup, I know the Broncos don't have a bad defense by any stretch, but you start looking at some of the guys that they've already ruled out, you know, because their season is pretty much over. Daryl Williams is someone, you know, especially for you showdowners or just Saturday DFS slates as a whole, really freaking hard to get away from this guy with what we've seen from him with CEH ruled out in the past. I mean, yeah, anyone that's playing the you know, the two-game slate just – just load up on just jam as many chiefs in as you possibly can. Cause like you have the Broncos offense, which we have no faith in. And then you have this Eagles Cowboys game where we, we don't know like half the players are who's playing. Like you're just hoping for some, you know, and that game is also after the chiefs game. So we could get news that, okay, X player, you know, Jake Laser is going to drop a bomb and be like, all right, all these players are sitting or they're going to play a half. So you want to have that flexibility. You don't want to hold out hope that, oh, Dak is going to play all these backups. The only place for a half. Like, I know the Chiefs have to win, and I just want to play all Chiefs players. So stack, play Mahomes with Daryl Williams. Like, you don't need to overthink it, I think. So yeah, that's why I have a lot of confidence in, in Williams. Andrew mentioned the Eagles issues. We have Miles Sanders already ruled out with the hand injury. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard on the COVID list. Kenneth Gamewell featured back season, everyone. Load up on him in those DFS slates if you're feeling frisky. With the Cowboys, Tony Pollard ruled out with a foot injury. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon for the Broncos continue to be limited uh, in, in the week throughout practice, but both are expected to suit up. Saquon Barkley playing through the pain of an ankle injury. He's expecting to play. Antonio Gibson off the COVID list, still being listed with a hip injury, but he should be good to go. Elijah Mitchell playing through the pain of a knee should be good to go. Cam Akers, season debut with the Achilles injury. Great story, just not expecting too many touches for the guy. Texans activated David Johnson from the COVID list. Maybe that gets in the way. How long has David Johnson been on the COVID list? Like two months? It's been a minute, man. He's had had some other injuries as well, so I'm not exactly sure how many touches he's going to get out there. He's coming back to ruin Rex Burkhead's life. (laughs) Just take all his money. Getting getting a payday. He's going to wreck Rex. (laughs) Oh, man. Titans. Actually, designated Derrick Henry for return. That's awesome. King Henry should be back. Obviously, I need to get that first round by, but that would be a good time to see that come to fruition here in a few weeks. Guys, last main talking point here. Ronald Jones not going to be playing with that ankle injury. Keyshawn Vaughn was dealing with the ribs, but he is practicing in full and expected to play. We have had some beat writer speculation that Vaughn could be splitting things with Le'Veon Bell. Dwayne, how exactly do you see this backfield shaking out, and do you have enough confidence in either guy to be firing them up as a, you know, a cost-saving play in DFS. Yeah, I think Keyshawn Vaughn's going to take over all the early down work, or most of it. Like, I think he's going to play Ronald Jones's role after going back and looking at it more. I think we're really going to have Le'Veon Bell playing the passing downs, which is, let's be honest, that's where, you know, whenever you see 
Keyshawn Vaughn out there and Brady's like got a smirk on his face. It's on the passing downs because the guy just, you know, it's like him and, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, like are the two guys like that Brady's like constantly staring down on passing plays. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, but I think as far as the early downs, I, and we could see, you know, we've seen the Bucks over the last two games, one game where they were actually leading, another game where they were trailing, and they actually ran the ball more than they have in each of those scenarios versus the rest of the season. A lot of that just comes back to, you know, they're without a lot of their weapons. So I, I do like Vaughn, and I'm going to have to move him up the ranks. I still have Rojo sitting in there, haven't updated for the news today. So as I move Rojo down, like Keyshawn, will, he'll be pushing towards the top 24. Like I would rather play him over a guy like Samaji Pirine. I think I would also play him over Michael Carter. That's probably about like where you get once you get into like that Damian Harris, Javonta Williams range. That's probably I'll probably have Keyshawn Vaughn somewhere right in that in that area. It's interesting that you brought up those. I was actually going to I was actually going to propose the question, you know, P. Ryan versus Michael Carter versus Keyshawn Vaughn. So they're all kind of priced. Sim- so Vaughn yeah. and P. Ryan are both at five point three K. Michael Carter is at five K. I have them like all ranked back to back to back. So but I think I'm probably going to move Vaughn up first. And I think it's because, yes, there's all always a chance for this touch ambiguity but the thing that's clear is he plays on the best offense like yep. by far and i think that ultimately even in like cash i would say the i'm gonna lean on that best side offensive line run blocking advantage this weekend as well it's also better than some of those other matchups from a, from just a pure running back strength of schedule um, metric that we put together at pff so yeah I, I think there's a lot of indicators that point towards Vaughn potentially having, you know, some upside. Like, and again, like you just said, the simplest way to think about it, it's the best offense, right? It's the Bucks. Tiebreaker, take the best offense. Fancy doesn't need to be hard. And you can always use code FANCY to get 25% off any PFF subscription, people. All wow. the locked article content, football, betting, dashboards. I mean, my goodness, some of these numbers. NFL Greenline is up 27 units on the year. College Greenline up 32 units. It just tells you what to bet. So, you know, instead of like just being like me and just consistently losing year after year after year, you let machines tell you what to pick, and then the machines make you money, everyone. It's a great deal, and you can use Code Fancy to get 25% off any PFF sub. Don't think of it like you're – it's not like you're buying a burrito and it's just gone when you're done eating it. You actually get to keep using these things. It's a subscription that makes you money over time. The best they, best thing really is cool Like because yeah. you could come in and you could just look at a weekend, whether you're into college, whether you're in the NFL, like, and it just ranks everything. It tells you like what – it's what it says it is. It's the best bets of the weekend to make. I had my boss call me from Vegas, my old boss from my old company, and he was like, "Hey man, I need to know what to do. I'm out here, you know, for the weekend, and I just need I just like open up the best bets tool and I just gave him like the top 5, and he strung them together on a parlay and he missed by one. Uh, should just give him the top 4. I <laughs> know, I should have. Actually, I think it was like the third one I gave him that missed. So all that and so much more. Again, use promo code FANCY for 25% off any of those subscriptions. Also, quick shout out to our friends over at Manscaped. Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? You can go to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off and free shipping. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Wide receivers, we got some stuff That's to talk a professional about. professional right there. There we go. Great day to be great. Deontay Johnson activated again, ruining the Ray Ray McLeod potential man. Andrew, what are your thoughts here with Deontay? I, Cause you were saying that you believe it could actually just be 
um, a close contact situation because he was only on the list for a day. Obviously, with Deontay, we know this is someone that, you know, on any given week can turn in wide receiver one boom performance. He can also give us a decent floor as well. So, Deontay, are you even adjusting him kind of based on what you normally would off this COVID? Because we have seen guys go on the list and come back to reduce roles. Yeah, and I think that – and that's why it's a special circumstance because it's, it's most of the time when we see guys – struggle when they come back it's because they've been off for a while they miss like practice and then they come back for the game and then they don't play as well but he was on there for a day like he got put on there yesterday or on thursday comes off on friday which is kind of why it's like shocking and it's like okay this is probably a case of a false positive you know he wasn't actually sick so i think that he should be fine and i think that we should just go back to what we were doing before so deontay johnson you know borderline wide receiver one like he is every single week because of just the amount of volume he sees from big ben it's a great matchup against the ravens secondary he lit up the secondary the last time he played them it's big ben's potential last game effort you know in his career so you know that roethlisberger is going to try to you know jam targets to to, to uh deontay johnson so the same thing with claypool again he's like an upside wide receiver three that just i mean his his skill set just doesn't fit with what Roethlisberger is offering as he wins downfield and Roethlisberger just can't throw the ball, that ball downfield. And then Ray Ray McLeod, like I think people might just like still play him because they like were fixated on him being a play and they just won't get off it because you just fall in love with the cash build. Because I, I know it's like hard to like, you kind of like spin, you're like, no, like I think Ray Ray can still make it. Like he can still be a good you guy. You started looking at his game log for yeah. the last few weeks. Like, well, he was getting some targets. Yeah, like anyway. you try to buy into it, and then people just end up playing him, and then he just doesn't do anything because the situation really isn't. I mean, maybe he could see a little bit more work because he had one day of practice where they, you know, thought they wouldn't have Deontay, so they schemed up some plays for him, which has kind of been his role anyway. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested in McLeod anymore. Julio Jones practicing in full with the hamstring. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I think it was like the first round of the playoffs and uh, going through these matchups and Dwayne was just saying like he, he could not rank Julio low enough. He was going to rank him so low that there'd be no possible way uh, he was going to play him in any sort of fantasy league. And just to put that into context, Julio Jones, the guy that Dwayne has him ranked one spot ahead of is Patriots Christian with the K Wilkerson. So that's uh, what Dwayne thinks of Julio in this spot. Someone that I think people will be lining up to play just a bit more often though is mike evans practicing in full despite the hamstring issue both of you gentlemen has him have him ranked as a top eight receiver this week like Dwayne, we don't have ab we don't have goblin we have incentives on the line like if there was ever a situation just to lock button mike evans this is it yeah man it's it i mean you got a 6.4 out of 10 on the wide receiver strength of schedule and 85.7 which will be like in the top 10 wide receiver cornerback matchup he was one of my top receivers in my smash fade article that came out today. So yeah, love Mike Evans. Always love big Mike, particularly when we can actually guarantee a bunch of targets for a change. DK Metcalf being managed with the foot, but he is expected to be good to go. However, Andrew and I are definitely on the Tyler Lockett train against that Cardinals defense that he just happens to own over the past two seasons. One interesting situation to potentially monitor is Robbie Anderson shaping up as a game time call with that quad injury. You know, it's been a rough year for DJ Moore. Andrew, if we do get Robbie out, is that changing too much for you? Right now you have a DJ ranked as a wide receiver 23. You know, we can't talk ourselves into him as a bring back option in that Tampa Bay game DFS, but still. We're catching passes from Sam Darnold here. It's pretty tough to feel good about this. Yeah, it, it's tough, but you know, you look at who cares. Like, and uh, DJ Moore's been getting volume all year, but we, we do know that eventually, you know, volume does translate into fantasy points. We do know DJ Moore is a uber talented player. 
And we know that the Panthers are going to have to throw the football. Like this could be a game where they see DJ Moore see like 20 targets, like because there's no Terrace Marshall because he's on IR. There's no Shea Smith. Like all they have is Brandon Zelstra, potentially if they don't have Robbie Anderson, they don't like Amir Abdullah. Like they don't, like, they don't have anyone else to throw the ball to. So it's kind of gross to look at him as a bring back. But I think for that reason, like a lot of people won't, even though it does make sense from a construction standpoint, we talk about you double stack Brady, you bring it back with X player. Like DJ Moore is the clear bring back. And I don't think that will be very popular. So um, I know that sometimes it's gross with some of these gross bring backs, but I've seen Linus before, you know, it was a Russell Gage bring back and it worked because he got volume and DJ Moore get, is going to get volume in this matchup. So his price isn't like also isn't terrible on DraftKings. So um, I'm probably going to dabble at least in some, I'll probably say in at least one of the Brady stacks that I build, I probably have a DJ Moore bring back. Marquise Brown was a midweek addition to the injury report with an ankle injury, but he is good to go and will be suiting up. Also note the Broncos are getting back Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. So don't expect to see that concentrated volume to Cortland Sutton again. And with the Jets, Braxton Berrios, team MVP, has uh, Roto World hilariously put it on injured reserve with that quad issue. Elijah Moore remains on the IR as well with the quad. Could mean Jamison Crowder if he plays through the calf injury. Could be seeing a lot of targets. Another guy that could be seeing some targets due to the injury is Gabriel Davis because Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders' knee is listed as doubtful. Dwayne, how are you kind of weighing things in this Buffalo game? Again, we'll see what the weather is going to say closer to Sunday. We have a situation where we're expecting them to try to you know keep their foot on the gas for most of it. Obviously, we expect Devin Singletary to be fine, but between Diggs and Davis and Knox and these other guys, how high are your expectations for this Bills passing game? I, I'm going to treat it like a normal game. I'm a little worried about the weather. We're going to have snow. We're going to have wind. Wind is the bigger issue. Um, wind has been problematic for Allen this year. Now, one of the games you have to throw out because it would have been problematic no matter who. Like, even if you did literally have a cannon for an arm, like, you would not be able to complete passes in the game that they had against New England um, yeah. where it was like 800 miles an hour. Like, <laughs> a jet was taking off right off the field. Every play. Um, so, yeah, every play. So, I'll, you know, I'm going to treat it pretty normal. I think – Davis is a wide receiver three that gives you upside, you know, because he can get the deep targets. He likes him a lot when he gets him. Uh, when I say him, Josh Allen loves him when he gets him in single man coverage. Um, he and Diggs are the two guys he goes to the most. The Jets are really more down the middle, though, as far as like schematically what they like to do. They run, you know, a little bit of man, a little bit of zone so that we don't know for sure how they're going to approach the Bills this week. But, yeah, I like I like Davis as you know, an upside wide receiver three. I think Cole Beasley becomes a little bit more attractive. Like if we see that it's going to be really windy, right? It can be some of those passes underneath to help go along with the passing game, you know, uh, with the running game with Devin Singletary. Um, so I'm treating all of these guys as I normally would. There's not enough of a weather freak out moment yet, like to really move them down, but definitely going to be watching. Like once we see, if we see it's going to be 20 miles an hour sustained and, a, you know, it's going to be over that for most of the game, then I would definitely downgrade all these guys few other quick notes. I don't think any of these guys are two actionable plays, but let's just cover our bases here. Why the hell not? We've made it this far. Rondale Moore, limited all week with the ankle injury. We'll see if he is able to actually come out on the positive side of his inevitable game time decision. Giants receiving room remains all sorts of banged up. Darius Slayton with a shoulder and they're actively ramping him up coming off the COVID list. Kadarius Tony out with a shoulder. John Ross still banged up with a knee and Colin Johnson with a hamstring. Maybe just maybe it's 2022 now. Kenny Galladay, he decides to score a touchdown 
touchdown? I highly doubt it. Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond back from the COVID list. Nelson Aguilar, good to go from the concussion protocol. Jacoby Myers is listed as questionable with a thigh, but he has been playing through that for a few weeks already. And finally, 34, I believe, million-dollar man, Curtis Samuel, not practicing all week with a hamstring. Likely going to need to wait until next season before we see the healthy version of Curtis. With the tight end position, the big one to watch is Darren Waller, who was practicing this week with the knee injury. He's also coming off the COVID list. Originally, the Raiders said they anticipated him playing this week. He is now being called a game-time decision. Dwayne, you know, he's not on, I guess, the main slate, so it's not that big of a deal to, you know, figure this out. With that said, this is a you know important game for both them to be playing. Assuming there is not a kneel-down fest going on uh, in this matchup here, are you, are you throwing Waller back in that top five where there are enough, you know, auxiliary issues going on here to maybe drop him down a little bit? I do have him at five, but I have him outside of the top tier. He's not in my first tier of tight ends, which I've got Andrews, Kelsey, Gronkowski, and Kittle ahead of him. Um, but then I do have Waller right behind um, 49.5 game total, 23.25 um, implied points, both solid. This is a really crappy slate. Like we don't have a game projected over 50 for a game total. Um, so, I mean, we have a couple teams with some high implied totals just because they're like favored by 15 and 16 points, but, but nothing from just a shootout perspective, but 17.8 uh, PPR points per game allowed over the last six by the Chargers to opposing tight ends. So it just really depends if, if Waller really is healthy or if this is something where they're just really trying to push him because they, they need to win this game. If they win this game, they're in the playoffs. So I do anticipate Waller being out there. It's just going to be hard to know like what version we're going to get of him. But he is good enough, and the guys below him I don't think offer as much upside once you talk about Ertz, you talk about Schultz, you talk about Fryermuth. Like they're all guys like we know can come through and catch five, six balls, 60 yards. You might get lucky and get a couple touchdowns, but most likely you're hoping to get one. Whereas Waller, if he is healthy, we just know the upside he brings. So I've got him ahead of all those guys. Kyle Pitts is listed as questionable with the hamstring, but he said he's going to try to play undoubtedly to try to get those 59 receiving yards and break Mike Dicka's rookie tight end record. But man, just, I think there's enough reaggravation risk and just, you know, with the fact that let's face it, hasn't exactly been the most consistent year for Pitts either way with that record possibly coming to fruition, uh, just wouldn't really, you know, be leaning on him too much this week. If you can help it. Dallas Goddard on the COVID list, something named Jack Stoll will probably be out there. If he uh, winds up not Stoll's on the COVID list too. Oh my God. Who's going to play uh, tight end? Tyree Jackson. Jackson. He actually is yeah, he actually, you know, he's, he's maybe he's our next Logan yeah. Thomas. We'll see. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Eagles Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, to watch. This is going to be fun now. James, <laughs> James O'Shaughnessy. Ian's going to be texting me now about you know, Tyree Jackson. That's what our text the highlights are coming about. in. You know, oh, I can't Saturday. wait to see you on Twitter. Bro, you, you see that 14 yard catch on third and 20? Like, this guy's legit. <laughs> oh, yeah. James O'Shaughnessy probably out with a hip. So we'll see Luke Farrell and Chris Manhurts if you guys cared even a single bit, which I'm guessing you did. The only thing I know about Chris Manhurts is every time, like, any kind of, like, I'm like in any sort of database and I type in Ertz to find Zach Ertz. Well, Manhurts also has an Ertz in it. So he always freaking pops up and I got to delete his ass out. <laughs> I think he caught a touchdown on the first drive of the year when Trevor Lawrence had five wide receivers and was under center. And that was another point where you're like, hold on, Urban, what the hell is going on here? So didn't see that one make most of the mainstream media's list, but uh, it was out there for all you film 
junkies to see. David Njoku banged up with a shoulder injury, as we know. When you take him or Hooper or Harrison Bryant out of the equation, it does compress things just a little bit. I don't think, though, with the two of them still active, it's going to be that great. But Austin Hooper, weirder things have happened, I guess. Jared Cook has been activated from the COVID list as well. But, Andrew, I think the two interesting notes for our you know cheap DFS tight end, um, you know, aficionado, resident aficionado, which is yourself, you know, weird way for me to finally get there. But anyway, Ricky Seals All Jones. Andrew's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main point there. Ricky Seals Jones is ruled out with a concussion, which makes John Bates available at 3K. And there's also Will Disley not practicing all week with the heel injury. Would expect him to be ruled out once Seahawks get to it. That makes Gerald Everett a little bit more interesting at 3,700. You know, Andrew, when we were squeezing in Cup and Taylor, we had to get down to Bates. Let's say that someone is, you know, more in a situation where they have the available salary to get up to Everett with an extra $700 if possible. Who would you prefer between Bates and Everett? I still think I'd prefer Bates. I really, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, the difference between, you know, these cheap tight ends. And, yeah, I probably Everett has the better quarterback. But, I mean, his, his matchup is not necessarily, like, great, you know, Bates has the better matchup. I mean, the Giants defense is so bad. Like the Giants team is terrible. I mean, we talked about this on the DFS pod. The football team who are terrible are a touchdown favorite against another NFL team because it's the Giants. So John Bates, I mean, he's looked good when he's played this year. He's gotten targets. He has a connection with Heineke as, as both guys coming as backup players. And the Giants give up the most red zone targets and red zone touches to tight ends this year. So Bates has a good chance of scoring in this game. And that's kind of what you're hoping for with Everett. And, you can save money just by playing John Bates. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you go cheap tight end, like, you either go, you either pay for Gronk or play for Bates. Like, I don't think it's ever been for me this week, like, so clear cut about what tight end I want to play. It's like basically any lineup, I'm going to try to jam in Gronk. And then any other lineup that he's not in there, I'll play Bates. And honestly, you could even play them together if, depending on how you want to save salary. Speaking of saving salary, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF, bet just $5 on any football team college or pro and college you know yeah we got one game left bama georgia eileen bama but you know i'm a terrible college football better so take that for what it's worth and you can win 200 dollars in free bets if they're victorious that's promo code pff this week at DraftKings sportsbook just note that you must be 21 or older new jersey indiana pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar wager required one per customer or chicken supply see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook with details if you have a gambling problem do not call me instead call 1-800-GAMBLER also want to point out that truly I think one of our best ads and just chances and opportunities for you loyal listeners out there is to go ask a question at westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris. You can ask Chris Collinsworth anything. This dude knows everything about football. Al Michaels, maybe not fantasy football, but I'd still be curious to hear his thoughts on it. So truly ask Chris anything at westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris. That's going to give you the chance to get a catering covered up to $2,500. I'm not, you know, I guess if I had like 10 friends and I went to a steakhouse, we could ring it up that high, but that's a lot of money. Like, I don't know, just if, if you win this yourself, like just get $2,500 worth of food and you'll have it for like a month. Like that sounds pretty fun to me too. And you'll at least have it for Super Bowl Sunday, February 13th. Again, you can hear these answers on the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram. That's westernsouthern.com slash askchris. And remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Just a few other notes before we get out of here. Uh, J.J. Watt expecting to return for the playoffs with a shoulder injury, which good for him. But my God, I'm just, all you know, we already see all the mainstream media reporters just 
completely blowing this dude every single chance they get. We're going to see Kyler Murray making these huge plays and critical moments. And then like the first replay is not going to be the guy that just caught the touchdown. It's going to be JJ Watt freaking out on the sidelines. So I don't have a problem with JJ Watt. I have a problem with how so many reporters gush over him. We saw this with the Sean Watson over the years. So that's just my two cents on that. Didn't probably need to go into it, but we did. So there's that. Also have Shaq Barrett out with COVID. Broncos will be without their cornerbacks, Patrick Sultan and Ronald Darby, as well as safety Kareem Jackson. Joe Hayden is out for the Steelers with COVID. Stephon Gilmore, my God, was already supposed to be out with the groin injury, but he's also on the COVID list. Michael Parsons and Tyron Smith, as Dwayne mentioned, are also out with COVID. And even Trayvon Diggs with an illness and J. Ron Curse are out as well with the hamstrings. Dwayne, are you like... Gun to your, uh, Girl Scout shows up on your door. She starts to, starts to you know, fidget around a little bit. You start to think that maybe <laughs> she's not about to offer you thin mints. Sure enough, she doesn't. Do you think Dak Prescott plays like more than 75% of the offensive snaps based on the relatively meaningless nature of this game and so no. many guys that now have out? Under? Nope. I'm, I'm taking the under now. I would have said the over to begin the week. I just think it's piling up now, especially with Tyron Smith out. Like, And that's been a problem. Um, I, they've had to deal with it already, but I just – I don't see it. I would take the under on Zeke. I would take the under on Amari. I would take the under on CD. All the main guys, I would take the under on now. Andrew, I think that's just more credence with the Saturday DFS slate. All the Chiefs and maybe Kenneth Gamble. Yeah, just play all the Chiefs. Hope those guys all go off. And then you just kind of figure out what fits in your lineup based on. Because there's a couple different plays you can go with, especially like in the showdown. I think that Corey Clement is kind of interesting because there's no Tony Pollard. You know, if Zeke is yeah, not playing a full smash share, then you have Corey Clement at 4K. You can play Corey Clement and Kenneth Gainwell, like two su- two super cheap running backs that should lead their team in touches based on the fact that we're going to see these guys bench players. I mean, especially with the Eagles side, like, you know, I bet unders on Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, like early in the week, and those lines aren't even up anymore because <laughs> the books are like, they, either they know something that, that we don't, that the Eagles are not going to play their guys, but I mean, they just already took too many of those bets. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just like, <laughs> like it seems so obvious that the Eagles aren't going to play their starters, especially because I mean, they haven't even said they are like Nick Sirianni has been non-committal about it all week long. And they have like half their team on COVID. Like it makes no sense whatsoever considering they can't move at all. Oh, it'd be the seventh seed or six seed. Like what's the difference? There is no difference. And if they're not trying Dallas can be like, all right, well, we'll just get a lead and then take everybody out. It's like, okay. So, yeah, I think that the Chiefs are, are super clear. And honestly, I think he just gives you an edge over everyone that just like galaxy brains, like playing Dak Prescott. Oh, he's going to play backups. Like, okay, for one quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Chiefs have that. the most to play for. Like, they yeah. want to keep the two seed. Like, they want to keep that because they want home field advantage until ultimately, you know, if for some reason, like, you know, there's it's them and the one seed. Like, that'll be the, the only game they would have to play away from Arrowhead. That's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you're following my lovely co-host, Dwayne McFarlane, at Dwayne McFarlane on Twitter, Andrew Erickson, at Andrew Erickson underscore. Andrew, can you fight like whoever is at Andrew Erickson? Because I'm tired of mentioning the damn underscore in your Twitter handle every damn time I shout it out. Like, what is this, man? You got to go feud with this dude. I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't fight eggs, man. Like I, I can't, like that's the, I, mean, I can't, I can't fight it. I, he doesn't have a face, man. I can't, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to, you know, approach that. It's like, you know, come at him with like a frying pan and be like, yeah, man, get a cook. <laughs> Are you sure thing. you're not a dad yet, Andrew? That was a really good dad joke. Like, that was, wow. oh my God. I'm going to have the best slash worst <laughs> dad jokes once I'm a dad and, you know, 
hundreds of years or whatever the hell that happens. But it's funny. This, uh, this issue happened to my buddy, John Daigle, who's actually going to be in Cincinnati this weekend, hanging with me, NBC Sports Finest, where his Twitter avi is not is, – it's at not Jay Daigle, and now he has actually put it into the Twitter bio that John Daigle was already taken. So I don't know, Andrew. It's, uh, you know, it's a big issue in your life. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to recover. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to get off your chest? Uh, no I'm, I'm good. good this was not our best podcast ever but you know what i still think we got a lot of information out there. we kept the energy well the energy was high though i had fun yeah so i had fun really i hope you listeners have fun too for Dwayne and for andrew i'm ian thanks as always for tuning in and until next time take care everybody <laughs>